righteousness and all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh to all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in the truth. He will fill the desire of them that fear him. He, he also will hear their cry, and he will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that loveth him, but all the wicked will he destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. You enjoy that? That's our children's chapel. Give them a good hand. <laughs> Great. Uh, we not only believe in trying to teach them to love Jesus around here, but to love our country as well. Amen? And we appreciate the kids. Let's let our ushers come forward to receive our offering. Let me just make mention a couple of things real quickly. If you're interested in ordering pre or pre-ordering a tape for the CD by Justified, they'll be in the lobby after the service, so you can go by and, and order those. And then tonight will be following the Lord in believers' baptism. Looking forward to those that will be following the Lord in baptism. So that's going to be a great service tonight. And appreciate all that the Lord is doing. Good to have Ty and Judy and the children with us. Ty and Judy, would you stand? Let's welcome them back. Been some time. Good to have them home. Amen. They were here for a number of years and then been working in a church in Cleveland. Ohio for the past 10 years, and he's going a little south now and uh, taking another job, but good to have Ty and Judy home with us. Let's pray. You give today. Be faithful in your giving. We're excited about all the things the Lord is doing, and uh, your giving is a very, very critical part of that. And I would encourage all of you to learn the blessing of tithing, not just because of all that we've got going and all. That's not the purpose and why I say this, but to uh, learn the blessing of giving a tenth, at least a tenth of your income to the Lord. You'll be amazed what you'll be able to do with 90% versus what you've been trying to do with 100%. Some say, well, I'm such a mess. Try tithing. That's the best way I know how to get out of problems. And just obey God. That's the key to it. Amen? And I encourage you to be faithful in your giving. Father, bless the offering and all the rest of the service in Jesus' name. Amen.
I say, man. Yeah. <laughs> this makes you uncomfortable. You better not make any plans to go to glory with us. Because there's a bunch of us, there's a bunch of us crazy people in this building going. You think we shout down here? Amen. Well, uh, I got recruited. And uh, I can preach and not get a lick nervous, but every time I sing, I get in bad shape. <laughs> but I, I, I'm so proud of what God's done in, in my family and in my little brother and his wife, and, and uh, I'd get up and sing with him for this. So right, let's, let's, we're going to try to be a blessing. You just pray for us this morning.
Dad wanted me. Dad, Dad wanted me to tell what God's done in my heart this week. And I ain't about to pass it by. If y'all were here Wednesday night, I had a time. And if you don't mind, I'm about to have another one. For a long time, I struggled with what, what was going on in my life. Some of the things that I'd sugarcoated and said were okay. And for a long time, I told God, I said, you can have this, but let me keep this to myself. It ain't that bad. Just let me keep it to myself. But Monday night, or Sunday night, really, God touched my heart, and he broke my heart as to the things that I was doing. And Monday, I fell on my face before God, and I said, not just this, God. I want you to take it all. Take every part of me. I got tired of living for me, and I decided to live for God. And I said it Wednesday night, if you don't know the joy and the peace of having your heart settled with God, you got to get you some of this. I'm going to tell you something. I've been bubbling all week. And it's a peace and a joy that you cannot understand until you do this. Until you grasp the throne of God. Until you say, God, not for me, not for my glory, but for you. Whatever you want me to do, I don't know what God wants me to do. And to be quite honest with you, I don't care. Whatever he wants me to do, I want to be open to do that. I want y'all to pray for us.
praying down here. I want to just go on record and say that old-time religion's not dead Temple Baptist Church. It's never going to be out of order around here. Not the least bit embarrassed. Not the least bit ashamed. I'd rather see my children serving God. See my grandchildren in a place where they see God at work and sense and feel and experience the power of God than anything in this world. Amen? Folks coming, getting right today. Others coming, getting right. Members, visitors coming down the aisles just to bawling their eyes out. That's the work of the Holy Spirit of God as He works and moves in our hearts. Let's sing this little chorus together. Rick, whatever chorus you want to sing is in, and then we'll bring the message. That'd be the Lord's will for this moment. But let's just, these folks pray. There may be others want to come. Let's continue to open our hearts up to worship the Lord. Thank you. 
Just remain standing, open your Bible to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. <laughs> oh, the Lord is good to us. Uh, scripture said, Revive thy people again that they may rejoice in thee. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. He is good to us. That's what we come to church about, celebrate. In fact, that's what we'll talk to you about tonight. Sunday celebration, part of our vision. But uh, it's just a blessing. I have so many things that I want to say today. I don't know that I'll say them all. But uh, you're so worked up, I don't know that you'll even listen. Say amen. <laughs> oh, it's just a blessing. I want to talk to you about Independence Day. And you just bear with me for a few minutes. I'll lay the groundwork. And then I'll, you'll understand what I mean when I talk about Independence Day. John chapter 8, verse 31. Notice what the scripture said. Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be free? And Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, or amen, amen, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, 
you shall be free indeed. Thank you. you. May be seated. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you already for what you've done. And so many answered prayers already in this service. Lord, I could never, I don't have the time. I could spend the rest of eternity just thanking you for what I have seen you do in people's hearts this morning. For the people I've seen walk down this aisle that we've been praying for and have made things right with the Lord. I thank you already for it. I thank you, Lord, for every expression of Independence Day in this room, both nationally and personally. Take the Word of God now and give me the thoughts that I need. Help me to say it the way that you would want it to be said and would honor and glorify you. And remind us today of what you have done for us in Jesus Christ. For it is in Jesus' name we pray and ask these things. Amen. It was in the summer of 1776. The Second Continental Congress was meeting in Philadelphia at the Pennsylvania State House. We now call it Independence Hall. On June the 7th, Richard Henry Lee of Virginia stood and he read this resolution. I want you to listen to it. I want you to see it. I put it on the screen. Resolved that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved. When Richard Henry Lee presented that resolution to the Congress, the die was cast. And on June the 11th, 1776, a committee was formed with the express purpose of drafting a document that would formally sever the ties of the colonies with Great Britain. That committee included Thomas Jefferson of Virginia, Benjamin Franklin of Massachusetts, John Adams, or Benjamin Franklin of Pennsylvania, John Adams of Massachusetts, Robert Sherman of Connecticut, and Robert Livingston of New York. On July the 1st, Congress reconvened, and the following day, the Lee Resolution for Independence was adopted by 12 of the 13 colonies. Immediately, Congress began to consider the declaration that was drawn up by the committee. And late in the afternoon of July the 4th, 1776, the document that we now know as the Declaration of Independence was officially adopted as church bells rang out all over Philadelphia. On August the 2nd, the Declaration of Independence, written on a sheet of parchment 20, measuring 24 and a half inches by 24 and 3 quarter inches, was signed by all the delegates that were in attendance, the first being John Hancock, the President of the Congress. And he used a bold signature centered below the text. And in accordance to the prevailing custom, the other delegates began to sign at the right below the text, their signatures arranged to the geographical locations of the states they represented. New Hampshire, the northernmost state, began the list. And Georgia, the southernmost state, ended the list. That document, the Declaration of Independence, that one symbol, the symbol, one of the most cherished symbols of America's freedom and of our liberty. I think about this coming Wednesday, July the 4th, we as Americans will celebrate Independence Day. And this year as a nation, we'll celebrate 225 years of independence and 225 years of freedom. I don't know about you, but I feel that we as Americans have much to be thankful for and that we as Americans have much to celebrate. But let me say at the very beginning that I, uh, let me say at the very beginning that I want to be clear and I want you to understand today, this is one mountain preacher that loves his country. And I'm not ashamed of America, and, I'm not dis I, and I love this country, and I thank God for it. But I want to make this very clear. I love my country, but I do not love everything about my country. There's a lot about America that disturbs me, and there's a lot about America that bothers me, and there's a lot about America that hurts me. There's many things. I think of our, many of our politicians, many of the politicians of this country disappoint me. I think about this political correctness trend and the mindset of our country. It disgusts me. Many of the decisions of our Supreme Court distress me. And the moral decline of our country disturbs me. America has its problems. And they are serious problems. But nonetheless, I still think America is the greatest nation on the face of this earth. And I love this country. I'm a very patriotic person, as you know. 
I've been around here long enough for you to learn a few things about me. And I am very, very, very patriotic. I don't know about you, but I still get goosebumps when they play the national anthem. I still get a lump in my throat when I see the American flag flying high. I still straighten up with, with respect when I see a man or woman in uniform. And it's hard for me to keep a tear from coming to my eye when I say the Pledge of Allegiance. These little kids sung a while ago and we said the Pledge of Allegiance. My heart swelled with pride. Didn't yours? You may have, I, I think about this, we want one of our dear and beloved state representatives, Henry Brooks from the Memphis area. You may have been reading about it in the newspaper, may have heard a little bit about it. And you may have heard how she has refused to join the other House members in pledging allegiance to the American flag. She just sits there. She won't get up. She won't say the pledge to the American flag. And when someone asks her about the matter, and I've been there. I know how the Senate does it, serves chaplain. I know how they do it. They always open up with prayer, and then they stand as they say the pledge to allegiance. But when someone asked Miss Brooks about the matter, as she said, and of course Miss Brooks, an African American, said she had refused to say the pledge, and she said because... Uh, she made the statement that the flag of the United States represents those colonies that formerly enslaved our ancestors, and to her to pledge allegiance to the flag would be a slap and a face and a dishonor to them. Now, I would say to Miss Brooks a few things, and you know I've always got something to say about matters. Can I get amen right there? <laughs> and I would say to Representative Brooks several things. I'd say, first of all, Mrs. Brooks, as an American, I regret that slavery was ever a part of our country. As far as I'm concerned, I think it's one of the saddest chapters in our nation's history. And it's a chapter that I wish under God had never been written in American history. And I regret that it is a chapter of our history. But the second thing I'd say to Representative Brooks is this. I am very sorry that you had such poor history teachers when you were going to school that resulted in your warped understanding of American history. If we were talking about the stars and the bars, then I'd understand. But we're not talking about the stars and the bars. We're talking about the stars and the stripes. And if I'm not mistaken, the last time I checked, it was that flag that flew over Union armies that fought to abolish slavery in this country. And the third thing I'd say to Representative Brooks is that, yes, you have the right not to say the Pledge of Allegiance. And our Supreme Court has ruled that on religious grounds, you do not have to stand and say the Pledge of Allegiance. You have the right not to stand. But I want to remind you, you have a right not to stand because of the kind of nation that flag flies over. And the fourth thing I'd say to Mrs. Brooke is, now if you want to talk about who it dishonors, and if you want to talk about who it slaps in the face, to sit or to stand and say the Pledge of Allegiance, in my opinion... To sit when the Pledge of Allegiance is being said and we honor an American flag, to me it dishonors the men and women that gave themselves in the Revolutionary War that this country might be free and that all men created equal could serve God and have their own life's dreams. And in my opinion, now this is my opinion, for someone to sit during the Pledge of Allegiance is a slap in the face of the pilgrims that came to this country and during the first five months, half of them froze and starved to death and were buried by night in unmarked graves so that Indians would not know that their numbers would be depleted. And it is my opinion to sit when the Pledge of Allegiance is being said to the flag is a slap in the face for every man who signed the Declaration of Independence and gave their life for it. It is a slap in the face for every man and woman that wore the uniform in this country and fought for this country and died on the bloody battlefields of World War I and World War II and Korea and Vietnam. And the last thing I'd say is Mrs. Brooks, if you have problems, salute that flag. Why don't you go to China for about five years and live? Why don't you go to Iraq for about five years? My opinion, when she got back, she'd not only say the Pledge of Allegiance, but she'd want to lead it. Can I get an amen right there? Oh, you don't want to talk to me about that flag or this country. I love our country. And I thank God for America. But I want to talk to you today not so much about the flag, but I want to talk to you. When I talk about freedom, this is our National Day of Independence. Or July the 4th will represent our National Day of Independence. But I don't want to talk to you about a National Day of Independence. I want to talk to you about a personal Day of Independence. July the 4th, 1776 is the date that we recognize as our National Day of Independence. But a personal Day of Independence, that date may vary. 
As for me, April the 2nd, 1972 is my personal day of independence. My personal independence hall was the Bible Way Baptist Church in Boone, North Carolina. And my personal declaration of independence is this blessed old book that tells me that whom the sun sets free shall be free indeed. What about this personal day of independence? Quickly, let me give you three things. First of all, I want you to notice, first of all, the lack of freedom. Notice our text. Notice what Jesus said in verse 32. Jesus said in verse 32, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Jesus is talking about spiritual freedom, and Jesus is talking about spiritual liberty. And he indicates that there are those who lack this freedom and those who lack this liberty. Notice carefully what Jesus said. He talked about those who, one, are bound by sin. Look at verse 34. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Now look at that statement very carefully. He speaks of those who commit sin. The word commit that Jesus used there is a word that speaks of that which is prolonged, a matter that is prolonged. In other words, when Jesus talked about he that committed sin, he's not talking about somebody committing a single act of sin, but he's talking about someone that is living, a, that is continually committing sin or living in sin in a prolonged way. But you also notice in the verse that he not only talks about those who commit sin, but he also talks about how one is eventually enslaved by their sin. Jesus talked about the servant of sin. You see the word servant? The word servant that is used there is a word that literally describes a bond slave or a slave to you and I. And he is saying that there are those who are slaves to sin, that they're in bondage to sin. In other words, Jesus said the committing of sin leads to being chained by sin. That if one lives in sin, that he becomes enslaved by that sin. He becomes bound by that sin. Jesus talked about bondage. He's talked about those who are bound by sin. But notice something else. He not only talked about those who are bound by sin, but he also talked about those who are blinded by sin. In verse 32, he talked about the truth setting a person free. And then notice in verse 33 how the Jews responded to him. In verse 33 they answered him, We be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou? How can you ask us? Or how can you say to us, Ye shall be made free. In other words, they said to Jesus, Jesus talked about men being free. And the word free talks about being liberated, being set free from bondage. Jesus talked about men being set free. And then they said, what do you mean set free? We've never been in bondage. Now our forefathers may have been in bondage. Our forefathers may have lived in Egyptian bondage, but not us. We've never lived in bondage. We're not in bondage. We have never been a slave. And then in verse 34, Jesus explained that he was talking about spiritual bondage and not a national bondage. But here's the point I want you to see. They were blind. They were bound and they didn't even know it. Jesus described how men that live in sin, <coughs> excuse me, how they are bound by sin. But then they didn't even realize it. Here's the point. If I can get the point out, can I say amen right there? <coughs> I'm going to quit this smoking. I know it's killing me. <coughs> I got to give it up. But here's the point I want you to see. They were bound and didn't even realize it. They were not only bound by sin, but they were blinded by sin. They thought they were free, but in reality, they were in spiritual bondage. And here's the great tragedy. People are lost, and they don't even realize they're lost. There are people that are a slave to sin, and they're not even aware they're a slave to sin. Jesus said that if we commit sin, it will enslave us. And he spoke of those who were enslaved, but they didn't even realize it. I've heard people say, well, I've heard young people say, I can't wait till I turn 18, and then I'll really be free. And I know what they mean by that statement. What they mean by that statement is that when I turn 18, I won't have to live by mom and dad's rules anymore. 
And I won't have to live under the standards that mom and dad had set for me. I can go out and do whatever I want to, live any way I want to, go anywhere I want to, and do anything I want to. Then I'll really be free. But I want you to understand, that's not freedom. That is a pathway that leads to bondage. Jesus talked about the lack of freedom. But let me give you this point, and then we'll stop here. I want you to look not only at the lack of freedom, but I want you to look at, second of all, at the life of freedom. For Jesus talked about those who are slaves to sin. And he declared that he could set them free. And Jesus said, notice what he said in verse 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Notice what he said in verse 36. If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Now listen to me this morning. Are you with me now? I want you to understand something this morning. I want you to get this. If you don't get anything else I say, I want you to get this. You don't have to live in bondage. You don't have to live in sin's slavery. You don't have to be chained by sin. But thanks be to God, you can have an independence day in your life. You can be set free. What do you mean? Notice the text. Jesus described this life of freedom, one, as being a delivered life. Verse 32 and 36, you notice the phrase, shall make you free. It is actually, those words are actually one word. And as I said a moment ago, it's a word that means to be liberated or to be set free. You know what Jesus was saying? That men that are bound can be liberated. People that are slaves to sin can be set free. Jesus talking about a life of freedom as being a delivered life. You know what it means to be set free? You know what it means to be saved and to have a delivered life? It means to be delivered from sin's bondage. It is to be free from the chains of sin and, and have the chains of sin broken and your prison door open. It is to be free from the sin that so long held you bound and made you a slave. Thank God you can be free. You don't have to live in bondage. I'll never forget years ago back during the Gulf War, and I'll never forget something I saw on Nightline one night. It thrilled me. I couldn't help but holler when I saw it. I mean, it blessed me in many different ways. But it, Kuwait had just been liberated. And Nightline, Forrest Sawyer was over there in Kuwait, and he was talking to Ted Koppel here in the States, and he was telling about the events of the day and the things that was going on. So here's sophisticated Ted Koppel on his side. Here is Forrest Sawyer standing there in the desert with his microphone on that side. And he was given his report. And all of a sudden, here's what blessed me. I mean, out of the wild blue yonder, here come this man, this old man. He come running right in front of Forrest Sawyer. You, some of you may have saw this. Come running right in front of the camera. And this is what he was doing. He's clapping his hands. And in his broken English, he's going, me free, me free, me free. When I saw that, I said, bless God, me free too, amen. I don't know about you, but one day Jesus set me free. At an old-fashioned altar, praise be to God, He set me free. It's a delivered life. But look at something else. It is not only a delivered life, but it is a different life. You notice Jesus twice described those who had never been set free as being servants or slaves. And we saw, saw in verse 34 how He spoke of the servant of sin. But look in verse 35. Jesus said, and the servant... That is a slave, abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. Now, most Bible scholars believe that verse 35 is what is called a parenthetical parable. And what it is is describing the difference between a slave and a son. He said in verse 35 that the slave does not have a permanent standing in the house. He does not abide in the house. He's a slave. He's not a son. He's a slave. And therefore, he could be sold to another master so he doesn't have a permanent place in the house. But the son, it's a different circumstance. For the son, it's his house. It's his father. And he has a permanent standing in his father's house. I want you to listen to me. You know what is, what's the great about being set free? Not only have we been delivered, delivered from the bondage that so long held us, but we've been given a brand new life. We're no longer slaves to sin, but we're sons of God. We no longer are bound by sin. We're blessed by the Son. We belong to Him. It's a different life. I'm glad, blessed be His name. 
that I have been set free. I don't know about you, but before my Independence Day, I was a slave. I had nothing to look forward to but a life of chains and slavery. But thank God on my Independence Day, I became a son of God. It's a life of freedom. Aren't you glad for it? Say amen. But a third and a final thing, I give you these points and then we close. And that is not only the lack of freedom, those who are bound by sin and those who are blinded by sin and a life of freedom, a delivered life, a different life. But there is the Lord of freedom. Would you like to be free? Notice what the Bible said. It talks about being free indeed. Write down in the margin of your Bible, really free. For that's what that means. Jesus said, if the Son make you free, ye shall really be free. Now, wouldn't you really like to be free today? Tracy testified a while ago he got things right. And how that he was how that his life had been wrapped up in this and that and the other, but now he was really free. Wouldn't you really like to be free this morning? I mean, you're tired of the way you've been living, tired of running from God, tired of sin bondage. Would you really like to be free today? I'm going to tell you how you be free. There is the Lord of freedom. One, Jesus is the person to set you free. Freedom doesn't come in a program. Freedom comes in a person. Jesus is the person to set you free. And second of all, Jesus is the person that can set you free. I've never, listen to me, in all of my years of trying to serve God, I don't know a whole lot, but I do know this, Jesus can set people free. I've never seen anybody that ever came to him that he ever turned away. I've never seen anyone walk down an aisle with a heart broken and wanted to meet God and wanted help from God that he said to them, no, I'm not going to let you come or no, I can't do anything about your situation. No, nobody, nobody has gone so far that God doesn't love them. And nobody's gone so far that God can't save them. And nobody is bound so tight that Jesus Christ can't sever your chains and set you free. He's the person that will set you free. He is the person that can set you free. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. I remember when I first got saved. Back in 1972, it was a song that was real popular back in those days, and you might remember it. And I remember that song so well, and it became one of my favorites. You remember the song. So long I searched for life's meaning, enslaved by the world and his greed. You remember that song? You remember that? Then the door of my prison was opened by love. For the ransom was paid. I was free. Here's what I like. Well, I'm free from the fear of tomorrow. I like this. I'm free from the guilt of the past. Why? For I've traded my shackles for a glorious song. I'm free. Praise the Lord. I'm free. Praise God. Let's stand our feet. Aren't you glad you're free? I love our nation. Thank God for 225 years of freedom. But I thank God. For these 20 plus years of freedom in Jesus Christ, free from the chains of sin. Many of you have already come. Some of you have already come and met the Lord this morning. For some, you've already had your chains broken. For some, you've already had the bondage removed. You've been set free already in this service. But there may be some here today that still need to come. You need to get up out of your seat and come to the person, to Jesus Christ, that you can set you free. Aren't you tired of the guilt that you carry? Aren't you tired of the bondage? Aren't you tired of the life you're living? Oh, you, we talk about living it up, but you know. If you're out there, you've been doing it long, you know. It's a dead-end street. But I'm going to tell you something. Hey, someone here today with open arms that says, I'll make you free. I'll really set you free. And we sing in a moment. I want you to come.
you're in this building today, you're not saved, I want you to come. Let Jesus set you free. I want you to come today to Jesus Christ. All you got to do is get up out of your seat. Walk down here and there'll be someone to meet you. They'll take the Bible. They'll show you from the Bible in about five minutes how you can be set free. I want you to do that. Then there may be others today. You need to get out of your seat. Boy, you're saved. But boy, in these services, God's really convicted you. And you're so under conviction and so miserable because you're not right with God. Won't you come today and get it right? Then there may be someone to come unite with our church. This would be a good day. This is what God is doing here. And, this, and you're thrilled about what God is doing. And I got good news, good news for you. I told my wife this week, I said, last Sunday was not just a good service. God broke something loose last Sunday. We've been praying for a long time, James. How many times have we prayed, Holy Spirit, thou art welcome here? How many of you have prayed back in that prayer room for the past two years for God send revival? That was more than a good service. It was a breaking service. And so if you're uncomfortable now, bless your heart, I feel sorry for you. Because it is really, really going to get out of the banks here before it's said and done. You want to get in here and serve God. This is where you want to get your family in. You want to come here. You want to be here, serve God, be an own, a part of it. It's one thing to attend the church, but another thing to really say, that's my church. This is where I belong. This is mine. And this is where God is leading. You ought to get up out of your seat and come and walk down front. Let us get your name. There are going to be people, Father, Lord, in believers' baptism, adults. Some that have been saved, but yet they wanted to obey God, and they're taking a big step in their life, and I admire them for it. Some adults we've been praying for recently got saved. And they're going to follow the Lord and believers' baptism tonight. They're going to do what God wants them to do. The first thing God wants them to do after they're saved is make a public testimony of it. And they're going to be saved or baptized tonight. And you may be in the same situation. What you need to do is come and walk down here and say, I've been saved and I've been baptized. But I want to please God. I want to obey God. And I want to follow the Lord and believers' baptism. Whatever the need, whatever the reason. Fellas, sing it. You get up out of your seat and come. Will you do so? I know what time it is, but we've met with the Lord. You get up out of your seat and come. Come on. Get up out of your seat and come right now in Jesus' name. So, Lord, yes. I have searched for life's meaning. Remember this? Enslaved by this world and my greed. Sing it, JC. Then the door oh, yes, of my prison was opened by love. You remember that? For the ransom was paid. From my dark, dull, empty life, empty life, I've been set I've free. Set free. <laughs> yes, listen now. For when I, when I met Jesus, met Jesus. Yes, He made me complete. He forgot Aren't you that glad? old Put foolish man I used to be.
Amen. I like this. I could stay around here all day, couldn't you? Praise the Lord. Eddie Pam, come up here. Good to have you back. Glad Eddie and Pam's back. Tim and Tanya, and of course, the only one we really care about, Tyler. Amen. <laughs> Let's welcome them back. Then Janice, say your last name, I can't read. Where's Janice? Lehman. Janice, come up here. She's going to follow the Lord in believers' baptism. Are you glad for that? Say amen. Stand right there for you. And then Devon, Stephen, and Brenda, come up here. Let's welcome them. I've enjoyed having these folks here. Bless you. Are you glad you're saved? Yes. Do you feel like you came to church today? Amen. All the children that attend Children's Chapel and Kingdom's Kids, they're in the Watts classroom. So parents, they're not across the street. They're back here in the Watts classroom tonight. And we appreciate all of the kids. Been a blessing. Come back tonight. Come back tonight. Listen, we're coming back. Celebrate. So you'll be back tonight at 630. Shake hands and fellowship as you leave. You're dismissed.